You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa Champions. Welcome to the June 11th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music and home to every single Ottawa Champions game. I am Diamond Dante, joined here in studio with Michael Nellis and Corey Mess, the voice of the Ottawa Champions. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good, not too bad, Dante. And uh, it's been a uh, it's been a real good start to the year for the Ottawa Champions, if you ask me. It's been uh, in inter- terms of broadcast or what? Well, on, <laughs> on the field, off the field, I think altogether, uh, it, it's been good. It's been exciting. Uh, that's that's definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun season so far. Although I, I missed the the first part of it, but um, oh yeah, uh, since how I was, uh, how was Vancouver by the way? It was wonderful. I think you you asked me on the last podcast. We did, but you know, new listeners, you never know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, Vancouver <laughs> uh, Vancouver was wonderful. I was disappointed not to see a Vancouver Canadians game, although I I believe they get underway in uh, in about a week's time. Actually, now that the draft's done, yeah, I, I think they're uh, they get started in about a week. So, on uh, this show, in our next segment, we're going to be joined with Jordan Leonardton from the Quebec Capitals to uh, talk about his career and his journey through the minor league system. And now that he's here in the Can-Am League, and he's actually going to join us for two segments as we had a, a lengthy interview with him. Is yeah. uh, He's going to come on and talk about uh, exactly you know what it's like to play for your home country and how he got to the Can-Am League. And, and he played in AAA for parts of three seasons between the Atlanta Braves and the Detroit Tigers, almost made the Tigers squad in 2015. It's going to be a great interview. I think so. And, and Jordan Leonardton, he's a Canadian guy. He's got a lot to say. He's mm-hmm. got a lot to add. Uh, to the conversation, and uh, he gives you a lot of insight into uh, you know what independent baseball is like, what it's like playing at the Pan Am Games as well. He was on Team Canada, the Team Canada team that won gold yeah. at the 2015 Pan Am. So yeah, it'll be a good interview, and uh, it's a really exciting uh, thing to talk to a guy like Jordan Leonardton, who is going to be playing in Ottawa next week, by the way. Absolutely, as the the, the Quebec Capitals come to town, and I guess if you're interested. Uh, Trevor Gretzky will also be in town. He will not be playing, but... On the bench. He will be on the bench, so at least you get to see him, as I'm very excited to meet him. But, uh, uh, Mike, let's uh, be, be quickly, before we get to our interview with Jordan Leonardton, uh, let's just talk a little Can-Am League transactions and uh, what's going on around uh, the diamond in terms of the Can-Am League. <laughs> as, uh, let's be a little cliche there. And uh, a couple transactions going on, and uh, what's going on in the Can-Am League to this point. I guess we'll start with June 8th for the last three days. There's actually been a lot more in the last few days uh, than we have seen at the beginning of the season. Uh, New Jersey with a big one. Uh, they signed uh, right-handed pitcher Justin Brantley. They activated uh, left-handed pitcher Isaac Pavlik from the disabled list, the 35-year-old who's been with the team since 2004. But the big one for them that I mentioned before, uh, they placed Daniel Rocket on the disabled list. That's a tough one. Uh, retroactive to June 7th. So uh, Rocket leads the Can-Am League in home runs right now, and uh, that is a tough loss for the Jackals, somebody who has really uh, jumped off to a big start. Seven home runs for Daniel Rocket. Rock, or pardon me, Rockland signed uh, outfielder Brendan Webb, and they released catcher Tyler Clark. Clark hit a triple against Ottawa yeah, in their did. series. Sussex County signed first baseman Franklin Jacobs and right-handed pitcher J.B. You know what? I'm When I saw that transaction, Mike, I was kind of surprised because Tyler Clark, I know 
they had three catchers on their team, mm. and that's the reason why they had to get rid of him. But he's six foot five. He used to play in AAA. Yeah, you would you would think that they would you know potentially go for uh, you know somebody such as uh, Clark in an infield role because of that, maybe at first base or something like that. But the problem is you've got Marcus Nidafer, yes. a catcher for the Rockland Bullers. And you've got Alex DeBellis, yes. who is another very, very good offensive player. So uh, the the best one-two punch at catcher in the Can-Am League is in Rockland and uh, Nidafer and DeBellis. Well, so you Clark can't really too. and Clark was good too. And, and you, you can't really mess with that too too much though, unfortunately. So we move to June 9th where uh, New Jersey signed infielder Andrew Dundon, who played for Garden State in the uh, Can-Am League last year with the Grays. Quebec signed uh, Yeko Calderon and Matthew Horan on June 9th. Horan started against the champions, took the loss in the final game of the three-game set between those two teams. Rockland released their cleanup hitter. They released outfielder Brian Regira. Wow. After, uh, well, and, and who really knows why they did that? It could have been an off field issue. It could have been many different issues. We're not going to speculate here because he was definitely a guy uh, that contributed for a long time from the beginning of the season for the Rockland Boulders and was moved into that cleanup spot. Former Chicago Cubs prospect is. Brian Regira, Sussex County released right-handed pitcher Tyner Keist and placed outfielder Sean Hurley on the disabled list June 10th. So today, the Rockland Boulders activated outfielder Mike Schwartz from the disabled list and <laughs> Sussex County acquired outfielder Dominic Taylor from the River City Rascals of the Frontier League in exchange for the hottest commodity in independent baseball, a player to be named later. Wow, that's... Uh... A little different, but uh, now we're going to go quickly through the standings in the league. New Jersey sits first in the Can-Am League, fourteen and seven. Rockland second, thirteen and seven. Quebec is eleven and eight. Sussex County uh, is even ten and ten. Ottawa is eight and twelve, and Trois-Rivières is three and sixteen. Of course, the two other teams that are also listed on the standings: the Cuban National Team and the Chicago Island All Stars. Um, but two big topics that I want to touch on here is how Kenny Bryant was named. Player of the week, be coming into this week uh, when the champions uh, stopped on the road, and he had an excellent homestand here in Ottawa. And Corey, you had a chance to watch Kenny Bryant play, and he looked excellent with the bat. Yeah, he's been, I think, consistently the best uh, batter on the Ottawa champions. And and we actually were talking about it earlier. Who's the MVP on the Ottawa champions so far this year? It's probably Kenny Bryant. Yeah. He's hit the ball the best, um, uh, most RBIs on the team. Um, uh, and really, uh, it's his defense that's given them a, a little bit of flexibility, especially with the injury um, to Sebastian Boucher. The fact that he's a first baseman who's moved to center field is incredible. And and although it's been uh, it's been a test at times he's done it without complaint um and uh and you know he really has thrived batting hitting the ball since moving to center field so clearly he's more comfortable playing right now and uh and yeah Kenny Bryan has been the best outfield player on the Ottawa champions by far this season and I agree, Corey. I think, uh, well, the outfield player, you want to talk about that. You got Matt Helms as well. So there's competition in the outfield for that role. And I think Helms has been considered one of the better players on the champions. Not necessarily Hasn't made at the an plate, error. but he has not made an error. He's a very good defensive left fielder. Uh, a big improvement over last year. Uh, and, and, you know, this is, it, it's something that, uh, you know, you look at Kenny Bryant and, starting the year at first base, okay, moving to center field. Can you think of two positions that are more different on the baseball I can't think of like maybe catcher and center field or something like that but but it 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 really it's you need to have a completely different skill set to play center field as you do in first base 
Well, I and think I the think reason it, why it he, goes to yeah. show you that Kenny Bryan is a very versatile player. Well, the reason why is because he can run. He stole 10 stolen bases last year. He stole 10 bags, and he yeah. can run. Uh, but I want to move over to uh, the New Jersey Jackals. As uh, I look at all the three player of the weeks in terms, and New Jersey's been a part of them all. Brian Ernest won the June 5th player of the week. John Walter, we'll get to him in a minute, won the June or May 29th player of the week. And on May 22nd, Isaac Pavlik won the player of the week. This is all pitching for New Jersey, and they are first in the league, Mike and Corey, and they have played excellent to this point. I think New Jersey's probably one of the teams to be this year. Well, and the thing I think I'm most excited about is just that there's a lot of parity in the Can-Am League. You look at last year's champions, they're a team that didn't change a whole lot, and they're last in the league. And so... I, and and so I think it's 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 I think it proves that the Can-Am League is a very good deep league, and it's really excited me um, just the the amount of talent in the league. But going back to the New Jersey Jackals, front to back, their lineup is yeah. oh is pretty God. stacked, and um, and they were able to to have a really nice off season. They changed a lot of their team from the team they had last year, um, and and they've been excellent so far. They got a tough team. They have a very tough team, but this is why I want to move over to John Walter. He is the first player uh, this season that has been picked up by an MLB organization as John Walter has been signed uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, will go to their camp and most likely start in high A. Uh, for them, and he pitched excellent for them. His ERA was un- was uh, under two, and uh, looks like uh, you know. And I've talked to some of the champions players, and they say that there's scouts in the stadium every night. They know that we don't know that as broadcasters, as fans, but there are scouts every night. And I guess uh, St. Louis really liked what they saw. And uh, that that is the case. Um, they're pretty much our scouts at every game. A lot of the time at our CGT Park, you'll see them sitting right behind home plate. Yes, um, around the gun. Um, so just kind of, I'd say five or six that. rows up. That's mm-hmm. where they sit at our CGT park. And, and they're there almost every night. Look down and you're going to see somebody in a jacket, in an MLB jacket or so- something to that effect. Um, but I did just want to bring up, uh, before I talk about John Walter, Dante, I want to bring up the offense of the New Jersey yes, Jackals. Please. And in the first uh, series of the year, we speculated that New Jersey was going to be the team to beat because of how dangerous their hitters were. Dustin Lawley, okay, has 22 RBIs this year for the Jackals in 19 games. He was the seven hitter in the lineup in the Ottawa series. He hit a grand slam home run and a three run home run in the same game out of the seven hole. Just unbelievable. And by the way, the Jackals lost that game. Just crazy, (laughs) crazy stuff here. Uh, Daniel Rocket, we mentioned he's on the DL now. He's hitting 443 in 18 games. Yeah, this guy's so crazy. That is unbelievable. Art Charles, the first baseman, he's hitting 392 in 21 games with 20 RBIs. But the Jackals, I think that they're going to lose more players to organize, organize ball. They're, they're that, just performing on all cylinders. That that could be the case uh, at this rate. There are a lot of players hitting over 300. Their top six hitters are hitting over 300. The Ottawa champions don't have a hitter hitting over 300 right now. So it just goes to show you how good the Jackals' offense is. And looking at home run totals as well, they've got 26 home runs this year. The next closest are the Rockland Boulders at 15. They're yeah. 11 ahead of the next team in the standings, and the champions have 11 in the entire season. So, you know, I, I don't want to put down the champions too much because 11 home runs, let's just recall here, is actually good. That's third in the league. So 
you, you take that number and you spread it out, and that's the lead that the Jackals have over the next best team in power hitting. It's just unbelievable, their offense right now. And I'm not exactly sure how the champions or any Can-Am League team are going to get to that at this point of the season. Now, later on, into the playoffs, new season, you never know what's going to happen. But I think the Jackals are definitely the favorite. Dante, you mentioned that players are going to be moving on. John Walter uh, already has. I think that was pretty much a given. He had an ERA of 1, was 3-0 and before getting picked up last year. He was the Jackals' ace, struck out 14 batters in one game against the Ottawa champions last year. Uh, he's just phenomenal, and uh, he really deserved to get picked up. Absolutely. And with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment. Jordan Leonardton will join us next to talk about his career as he's Canadian from Langley, B.C., played AAA and currently plays for the Quebec Capitals. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Daniel Beck from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to the Ottawa Champions on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Today, our guest on the phone is Jordan Leonerton from the Quebec Capitals of the Can-Am League. But Mr. Leonerton m- mostly spent his time, uh, his career with the Detroit Tigers and the Atlanta Braves AAA system. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, so I'm just going to talk about the, the last series. Jordan, you played uh, against the Ottawa champions and you took the three-game set 2-1. to one. Uh, What did you guys do in order to come on top against Ottawa? And uh, coming into the next series against Ottawa when you come uh, to RCGT Park here in Ottawa, what are you, what are you guys going to do in order to beat them here in Ottawa? Well, I think we just need to play our game. We, uh, we had kind of a tough start to our road trip there uh, in New Jersey and, and Rockland. Uh, we kind of figured things out in Rockland before we came home but uh you know we just had to kind of regroup and and start playing our game i feel like we had too many guys trying to do too many things uh myself included so once we start playing our game and and doing individual jobs you know we, i feel like we're a we're a much stronger team now, Jordan, you, uh, as a Canadian from uh, from British Columbia, you uh, now have the chance in Quebec to play in Canada for your home games and to play against Canadian teams in Ottawa and Trois-Rivières much more often. What's it like to come back to Canada and to and to play, you know, more than half your season uh, on Canadian soil? It's exciting. Uh, you know, the, I played in the Pan Am Games last year, and that was the mm-hmm. first time I got to play in Canada uh, since high school in 2004. Um, so it, there's a there's a large gap in between there and being able to play here, you know I I feel like baseball is still ha- baseball still has a big following in Canada and I feel like it's underrated uh, by the American you know American standard. Uh, there are a lot of Canadian fans that love to come out to the ballpark and watch live baseball and you know I feel like they have a they have a feel for the game and it, it it's great to play in front of people like that. And Jordan, talk about uh, you know your your 19 games in your Pan Am League career. Um, okay, excuse me, Can Am League career. Um, and uh, and you know, talk about the <clears throat> your thoughts on the league. You play AAA in Gwinnett last year, and so there there definitely has to be some some differences kind of on the outside, but on the field, is it just still all baseball? It, yeah, it's definitely still baseball. Um, you know, there. There are days and, and certain players that show signs of, you know, good AAA players, and then there there are days when uh, when the game isn't going as smoothly and it's kind of a, a lower level type 
uh, type feel to it. But, um, you know, in general, I would say it's, it's a very good, very good double A to a triple A style league. You know, everyone here can play the game. You know, you get some guys on the mound that can run it up to 95 and control the zone and, and hitters can hit. So uh, I, I don't feel like it's, it's a slouch league by any means. Um, I feel like guys in this league are, are out to play and, and, uh, and ready to get the job done. Absolutely, and that's Jordan Leonardton uh, joining us here on Around the Diamond from the Quebec Capitals and formerly played with the Detroit Tiger system. And uh, Jordan, you're Canadian, you're from Langley, B.C., and of course you know of a man named Wayne Gretzky, and of course his son Trevor Gretzky uh, came in our show uh, about two months ago and uh, talked about coming to Canada and playing in the Can-Am League. What's it like playing with a guy like Trevor Gretzky? Obviously, uh, he's a pretty good ball player. He's injured right now, but what's it like having him in the room? Uh, obviously, I don't know, I'm not too sure if you're a big hockey fan, but What's it like having a guy like Trevor Gretzky in the room in Quebec? Oh, it's fun. He, he's a he's a great great guy. I mean, he's a young kid, but you know, well spoken, uh, cultured. He's 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 trying to learn learn French, and oh, uh, he he's good. He's good in the clubhouse. You know, he, he talks to everybody. He's he's not a he doesn't come across as someone who thinks he's above anybody. Uh, he uh, he's a good presence to have. He's a good ball player. Uh, the injury is an unfortunate event. You know, he was playing hard and he dove for a ball. But, um, you know, Wayne came to a, a game a while back, and I wasn't able to, but some guys got to take pictures with him, and he was, he was open to autographs and photos and things like that. So, you know, it, it's cool to have that buzz, that buzz around the ballpark. Now, Jordan, you mentioned uh, uh, Trevor Gretzky learning a little French. How's your French going? Living in uh, living in Quebec, are, are you picking up uh, a little bit? <laughs> well, I, I took French in high in elementary school and high oh. school, and you know I, I was really good at it. I, I finished uh, I finished grade twelve French in grade nine. Oh wow! And, which so you got a good base two thousand two two thousand and one. And I haven't spoken French since. So <laughs> my, my, my Spanish is definitely better than my French. Uh, but, you know, just listening to conversations, I listen to French radio. And once in a while, I'll pick up some words and try and piece it together. And it's slowly coming back to me. Um, but I, I'm still not quite comfortable enough to have a conversation. Now, Jordan, you... Uh... As as we've talked about just before, you are a, a former AAA baseball player. You played there for uh, for multiple seasons. Now you come back to the Can-Am League. There are guys that have played as high as AAA in the league, and, and, and you see that that pretty often. But there are also guys that didn't necessarily play that high, that, that got to, you know, single A and then and then were dropped and are now playing in the Indies. Uh, do you kind of do you kind of take the, uh, the the leadership role on the Capitals, do you find? Or, or you know, are, are you helping a lot of the younger players on the team? Because it does give you an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to work with younger players uh, that you may not necessarily have gotten uh, in AAA when it's uh, a lot more of the uh, the veteran minor leaguers. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of baseball is kind of a, a weird game in which you don't want to just go and and spew your advice to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, people have to be open to the advice. So you know, if someone comes up to me and asks me questions about what would I do in this situation or my approach as a hitter or you know d- defensive alignment, I'm more than happy to to help out. Um, but I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to say this player needs to do this or you, you need to think about doing this. Um, 
So uh, I let them come to me if I'm, like I said, I'm more than welcome or I'm more than happy to uh, answer their questions or give them a little bit of advice. But, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure they come to me and they're open to uh, someone else's advice. That's Jordan Leonardton uh, joining us here, or Leonardton joining us here on Around the Diamond. And Jordan, I want to go back to the days that you, when you got drafted back in 2004. And now as a guy who got drafted three times, once by the Toronto Blue Jays in the 50th round in the 2004 draft out of high school, then you got drafted by Milwaukee in the 41st round in 05 out of El Paso Community College, and then was also drafted by the Detroit Tigers in 2008. Um, what can you tell us exactly about you know those being drafted three times? Is it kind of weird? You know, not too many players do get drafted three times. But what was your mentality when you got drafted, and you know, kind of turning down a couple contracts? How, how did that really play out those la- those first couple of years being drafted? Well, the funny part of it all was my two best collegiate seasons. I didn't get drafted. Okay. Um, my sophomore year in El Paso, I hit. 418 with 10 homers and my junior year at Oregon State I hit uh, 320 with 10 homers as well okay um, and then my senior year I think I hit 280 with six and I was splitting time and but you know the 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 feeling of getting drafted is exciting it's very exciting because it it you know it, it's some it's an organization showing that they've been watching you and appreciate what you do on the ball field. And, you know, to be able to be drafted by three teams, <laughs> I feel like that, that shows that there's a, there's a, several teams out there that appreciate what I do on the diamond. And, you know, as a, as a high schooler getting drafted, that's, that's what you play high school baseball for. You know, you, you want to go to college and you want to do, you want to do some different things in baseball, but getting drafted is the ultimate goal. Um, but you know, the 50th round isn't, uh, you know, it's not the round of great opportunity, but just the honor of, of being drafted was definitely cool. And now Jordan, I mean, Dante just mentioned it, that you, you first got drafted by the Blue Jays. So kind of Canada's team, but you, you decide instead to go to El Paso community college from, from Langley, which is just outside of Vancouver for anyone listening who doesn't know, how, how did you end up doing that going from, from Langley all the way down to, uh, to Texas for community college? Well, I, uh, I went, I played on team BC and, and the junior national team. And I got to go to a lot of different tournaments with those teams and, uh, playing on Team BC, we went to Arizona and played the best of the West tournament. And there were some coaches from El Paso there. And I also had a few buddies that, that went to that school. And uh, they said, yeah, you should come here. It's a great program. You know, I was, it, it's always nice to go somewhere where you know somebody, you know. Totally. So, uh, you know, the familiarity of having someone there was, was attractive. And, you know, the scholarship was, you know, everything was taken care of and, uh, you know, that made it, that kind of made it an easy decision. Plus being drafted out of high school, keeping my draft status open by going to junior college was also another factor. And moving on to, uh, I guess another part of your career in the Pan Am games last summer. And, uh, that was, uh, th- that was quite the experience. The baseball event got a lot of attention, uh, from different, uh, different media, different scouts. A lot of people were there fans as well. Uh, I was able to go to a game, actually the Canada versus Cuba game, uh, where there were over 5,000 people in a stadium that wasn't meant to seat more than 4,000. So yeah. uh, it was really, it was really exciting to see. What was that like as a player to play on Team Canada? 
Well, like I said earlier, it, uh, it was the first time I got to play in Canada for a number of years. So mm-hmm. basically coming home and playing in front of home fans, was, especially as a national team, uh, it, it was so much fun. I mean, anytime you get to play with Team Canada, it's exciting. The, the guys on the team, the guys that Greg Hamilton brings together is, uh, oh, yeah. is always a, a classy group and you know, a lot of fun to, to be around and you know, we have our fun outside the field, and we it's a bunch of bunch of great guys. But once we strap on the the cleats and we get on the field, it's all business, and we we go to war. So uh, playing for Team Canada, especially playing at home, was was definitely a lot of fun. Jordan Leonerton will stay on the phone for our next segment as we're going to talk Pan Am games with Mr. Leonerton. That's all here coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Matt Helms from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Ottawa Champions Baseball on CKDJ 107.9. And, and not only playing at home, but winning at home as well. What was the, the feeling in that gold medal game? Well, it wasn't the most ideal way to win, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll take the gold any way we can get it. Uh, you know, we we battled hard and we ended up in extra innings, and it's the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes the team that wins is the team that, you know, doesn't screw up. So, uh, you know, we had our backs against the wall, and we we had a couple, uh, a couple mistakes that we took advantage of, and uh, and ended up with the victory. And I guess that's uh, nice to know that uh, you played in the Pan Am Games, and that's Jordan Leonerton joining us here on Around the Diamond. And of course, Jordan, uh, since you played in the Pan Am Games against Cuba. Team Cuba is coming uh, here, or uh, you're actually playing them tonight for a, uh, I believe it's a doubleheader, Jordan? Yes. We uh, uh, we got rained out la- last night. I mean, obviously they have the cameras here, and they wanted to do do their best to keep the game going, but the weather was pretty miserable. I mean, I think it was eight or nine degrees with wind and pouring rain. And uh, actually the, the start of the first game, I'm up to bat with a one-on-one count and a runner on first, or runner on second. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I get I get thrown in the fire pretty quick. Um, in my at bat, the second pitch, I I took my stride and my foot slipped on the mud in the batter's box, and you know that, that was about enough of that. So they pulled the tarp, and we ended up canceling it. But well, I mean, tonight, and uh, and I think the first game's a nine inning. We finish a nine inning game, and then the second game is going to be a seven. So I guess now, Jordan, that you do talk about uh, play, you know, Team Cuba and you know, how it got rained out the night before, uh, what's it like playing, uh, I guess, one of the most impacted baseball countries in the world? They have tons of baseball talent. Of course, these are, you know, they don't have guys like Roldis Chapman and Yasiel Puig because they've already defected, but there's still a lot of talent there. And you do still have two Cubans on your team. Of course, there's two on Ottawa, but there's also two on your team. So it must be kind of weird, I guess, from their perspective, but from your perspective as well, playing uh, the Cubans, knowing that, you know, they're such a, a, a huge baseball country and that they're coming to Ottawa. It's definitely uh, it, it's it's different, you know. They they play a different style of baseball than we do, and uh, you know they they may do things that we wouldn't do, you know. If they might they might be up or down ten runs, and they might still be stealing bases, which <laughs> you know, in our in our side of the world is kind of frowned upon. 
But, you know, that's the style of play they play, and we have to kind of accept that as the way they do things. Um, and I, one of our one of our Cuban players was asked in, a, in an interview last night, he, they asked him, which team does he want does he want to win? Quebec or Team Cuba? And he, he said uh, he hopes both teams play well. And and that got me thinking, well, what if we were playing Team Canada? Who would I want to win? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's a tough question to answer. And I'm <laughs> sure it's difficult for our, for our, our Cuban players and, and will be for the, for the other Cuban players in the league that get to play against them. Now, Jordan, I, I wanted to ask you just how – basically your your path this um this winter to the the Can-Am League uh, after after kind of leaving Gwinnett how how did you end up in Quebec uh, was it a, a matter of them recruiting you uh, like El Paso did you did you know anyone on the team uh, how did you uh, how did you end up with the Capitals well I, I was released by the Braves uh in spring training early okay. on in spring training and I I stayed in Florida for a little while and tried to get picked up by I went to Arizona and uh, had a trial with the Rangers, but they just didn't have a they didn't have any room on uh, on any of the rosters. So, you know, I, I went home went home to BC and and started weighing my options and talking to different indie ball teams. And you know, I was close to signing with a with a couple teams, and then I got a Facebook message from John Mallo, and he said, "Hey, we're looking for a first baseman. You interested?" And I gave him my phone number to pass on to Pat Scalabrini, and oh, okay. so. Pat called me about five minutes later and, you know, he put an offer on the table. And so I, I thought about it for a day, talked to my agent. And, and I think, uh, I think I, I, I agreed to terms a day and a half later. Had you uh, already had a past relationship with uh, Jonathan Mall? Yeah. I, uh, he actually played with my brother on the junior national team. Okay. And then I, I played with John uh, in 2012 in the world baseball classic qualifier in Germany. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, and uh, I guess uh, also you play. I believe you played against Marcus Solback, who's a member of the New Jersey Jackals. Uh, he's a starting pitcher. So I mean, I mean, what's it like playing against some guys that you played in the qualifiers that are now in the Can-Am League? Well, I mean, they're they're obviously good players if they're playing for their respective national teams, uh, and that's uh, that's a testament to the league and the the scouting and uh, their ability to get players to come to the league. Um, you know, I, I, I like to say that I have, I have a book on everybody that I've played against, <laughs> pictures, but, you know, I've, over, over the years, there's been hundreds and hundreds of pictures that I've eventually forgotten about. So, yeah. um, and, and over the years, pitchers develop new things and they, you know, they, uh, they change over time. So, um, you know, it, it's cool to play against guys that you've played against in the past and, and old friends and old teammates and stuff like that. But, you know, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's still, still baseball and it's all about winning. That's Jordan Leonardton joining us here on Around the Diamond. And finally, I want to finish off on this. Uh, you spent uh, six-plus seasons with the Detroit Tiger system in uh, A-ball, double-A, triple-A. You worked up the ranks there, and you spent time uh, in uh, spring training, of course. So uh, you must have had time to... S- uh, to play maybe with Miguel Cabrera, uh, Justin Verlander, and uh, some of the big guys on that team. What was it like, or if you did, but uh, playing with some of the best players in the world in in, uh, in those guys? Uh, well, I mean, they're they're great people first and foremost. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is one of the funniest individuals in a clubhouse. Um, you know, and 
guys like Verlander and David Price and all these guys, they they treat they they treat the younger guys with respect. And to me to me that's the most important thing. Obviously they have the big contracts, they've had a lot of success and awards and you know, all these different things, but you know, when when a guy can go out of his way and say hi or, you know, pick up your clubhouse shoes or something like that, I mean that that goes a long way with me and that that's that just shows a lot of respect. Absolutely, Jordan, and uh, that's going to wrap things up for uh, our segment here with you on Around the Diamond. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the series against Ottawa when you come to town on Tuesday. It'll be a pleasure to meet you. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Jordan Leonerton from the Quebec Capitals Baseball Club, also formerly played with the T- Detroit Tigers system in AAA, also with the Braves tri- AAA, and uh Mike, coming up next, we're going to talk a little Blue Jays baseball about uh, their bullpen, their struggles this season, and uh, your thoughts on that, I guess, Mike, as Osuna has been uh, pitching quite a bit, and they need to get something going there. That's uh, that's basically what I think. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we can talk about the Blue Jays all we want, and we can talk about the uh, the pitching all we want, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter how well one person is pitching. It doesn't matter how well that guy is. If he's being overused, you've got a problem, and that's the case with Roberto Osuna right now. And we're going to go all in-depth on uh, that topic in our next segment, a full Blue Jays segment, all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Ottawa Champions Baseball on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Before we were talking with Quebec Capitals' Jordan Leonerton, now we're talking Toronto Blue Jays, and of course, on this Blue Jays topic, on our in uh, next week's episode of Around the Diamond, we're going to have the Blue Jays' first round pick. He was drafted 21st overall. That's TJ Zoik. He's going to come on the show. But uh, without further ado, let's uh, talk Jays. And uh, the Blue Jays have lost uh, a couple games in a row. They had a tough series against Boston, where Marco Estrada took a no hitter into the eighth inning. Uh, that one was uh, was spoiled by a home run by Mister. Chris Young, who's having an excellent season, but that's a topic for another day. And then uh, the big topic that I want to talk about with the Blue Jays, uh, Corey and Mike, we'll get your, your your two scenes, both your two cents on this one, is how Roberto Osuna has been used quite a bit and, and, and a very extensive amount. As they, I think he's pitching like every single night. And, and the other night against the Tigers, the Blue Jays had a 2 nothing lead, which they ended up losing that one because they had to bring Osuna in because they made Sanchez go the ninth. So I get story. Let's start, Corey, let's start with you, the Blue Jays. Uh, do you think they're overusing Roberto Osuna? And at this point, where, how do they get to figure some, some things out in order to fix that? Well, Dante, the, the Jays don't really have much of a choice pitching Osuna a lot right now. I mean, th- their their bullpen just hasn't hasn't been hasn't been all there. Um, I think Drew Storen came into this team; they were expecting him to maybe be the closer this year. He doesn't have that stuff, and so yeah, it, it, once again, it's a problem with the Jays bullpen. I think in the blowout, it was um, nice that that Jason Grilly was able to have a, a three up, three down inning, and and maybe he'll be able to provide um, a, a bit of something from the bullpen. But really, it's about some of these guys in the bullpen. 
bullpen really st- stepping up as uh, as this season going forward to give uh, Roberto Osuna a little more time because the starters have been relatively good. RA's last few starts have been quite nice, um, uh, and so it's hard to to blame um, the starters not really going long enough. They just need a couple innings from from someone else in the bullpen. They haven't got that right now. Oh, you're right, and and it's really gotten to the point where. Um, the reason why John Gibbons continuously turns to Roberto Osuna is because he has no choice. And you can't fault him for that because what's he going to do? He's got no options. Gavin Floyd is not good enough. Uh, Drew Storen, he's not good enough. You know, wh- but what I do honestly you... think that you try it. I know, But they tried have it. tried it. I know. But I just honestly think that in that situation, you don't want to blow out a young arm in Osuna. I know that they want him but to But they're trying to win ball games. They're a game and a half out of the playoffs, or at least they were a couple days well, ago. Well, they won't be able to win if they keep playing like this. Well, they need. Well, what they need, Dante, is they need more pitching. They've got to do something with that. They've got the best offense in the league, okay? You can afford to, to tinker with that a little bit, I think, and try to bring in the pitching that you need. That's what I would do. Because so, right now, Roberto Osuna, like you mentioned— you don't try putting in Drew Storen and you don't try putting in Gavin Floyd because they're not good enough. You have to put in Roberto Osuna until you get the help. But you need to get that help. It's ridiculous. You can't have a 20-year-old pitching every night. No, you can't. Eventually, and he's going to burn out. He is going to burn out. And, and, I mean, there's no... But I just honestly think that, you know, with okay, let's go back to the game against Detroit, right? Or how about let's go back... Before that, to the to the one game against Boston where they were leading 5 nothing. Estrada had a no-hitter. He allows a home run. He gets out of that inning with a diving catch by Bautista. At that point, you're done, right? I turned off the TV. I went downstairs, had dinner, came back upstairs, and I'm like, it's 5-4, to four, and Osuna's pitching. What just happened? Oh, yeah, they put Estrada in there to do the ninth. I just didn't really understand that thought process. You're leading by four. I think you try maybe a, Thor, uh, a Gavin Floyd, a Biagini, or a Storen in that situation. I think you're right because yes. you are not in a safe situation. So that was kind of kind of a head scratcher. So you know the the Jays are in a situation where they're winning a game by two or three runs. It's a save situation. Then you put in Roberto Osuna, of course, right? Um, now, but and then they're like, oh no, we're gonna lose this game now. Like they were. Just- but do you do you put him in in a non-save situation in the eighth? You know, like, it, no. I, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't, like, in that situation, I don't, like, I, I get it. But at the same time, what was it at that point? It was well, five, had, it was five one. It was a four run lead. Yeah. Right? And the, but they got out of the ninth. They got, and, and Estrada was eighth. at a, yeah, they got out of the eighth. Yeah. Estrada was at 105 pitches. Why would you even decide to put him out there for the ninth after he's at 105 pitches? I honestly had no clue. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sitting there, like, my hands on my head, like, like, what are you even thinking? He just lost a no-hitter. Yeah, he's been excellent tonight. Leave it at that. Instead of that, he got charged with another two earned runs. And as a result, Osuna comes in and and you know, it's that at that point, Osuna's burnt out, right? He's pitched three nights in a row. Yeah. And you're putting him into a situation where he has to pitch well. Uh, because you've got runners on base, because you've got a five one lead. It and And you know it just it it doesn't make much sense in that situation but also like what what are you going to do who are you going to turn to the yeah. blue jays put aaron loop into the game yesterday yeah. and it costed them the game and so they, and then they put osuna in uh, against the detroit game because they made sanchez go out there for the ninth costed them the game 
there's there's nothing and it's not the fault of John Gibbons. I will not pin this on the Blue Jays manager because no, I won't. He doesn't have the staff. Ross Atkins and the front office have not given John Gibbons the staff that he needs to win baseball games. It's as simple as that. Well, I mean, as soon and as, he, as, as, yeah. as it doesn't matter what decision you make, right now it's not a winning combination, and teams are figuring it out pretty quickly. You've got your best pitcher. In my opinion, Roberto Osuna is the best player on the Blue Jays right now. Oh, yeah. I honestly think that, and I don't think that burning him out at age 21 is going to win you baseball games in the future. You talk about building for the future. That's what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins has been saying for 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 the year that they've been here, is they want to build for the future, yet they're using their 21-year-old every single night, and they're letting it happen without getting him any help. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And uh, before we end this segment, I want to... Uh Share a little tidbit as last night. Oh, passion for Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I love it, Michael. Just love it here. Uh, I'm loving it too. You got, you got me going. Showing that, uh, that uh, Italian fire out of your mother's side in that one. <laughs> I, I have Italian on both sides, Dante. <laughs> so a little tidbit here uh, before we end this segment. The Blue Jays had a dra- uh, drafted the other night, and they drafted Bo Bouchette, who is the son of former MLB star Dante Bouchette, who... Uh, <laughs> Who has the same name as me, and I actually <laughs> really, I, I really do like Dante Bichette. And there's a, here's a funny story about Dante Bichette. Back in spring training, buddy of mine named Mike Kasavich, who's from Ottawa, played for the Ottawa Rapids back in the day, played in the Rocky system, threw at Dante Bichette. He threw behind him. Bichette looked at him, storm, stared him down, and then Mikey threw him a fastball down the pipe, and Bichette sent him sent him. Uh, deep, and Mike said, that's when I figured out how much power Bichette had. Sounds like Jose Bautista. Yeah, <laughs> against the Baltimore Orioles but a couple I just, years ago. I just thought that was a cool tidbit to end things on. And uh, with that being said, we're going to end this segment. Corey will have a very special segment coming up next where he's going to talk about uh, our MLB All-Star predictions. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome to our final segment of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We had a jam-packed show, but next week is going to be even crazier, but we'll get to that later. As be- Before, we were talking with Jordan Leonardton. Of course, you can check out that interview when it gets posted on Monday on my SoundCloud, Diamond underscore Dante Audio. And in, our th- in this segment, we're going to do our All-Star Team predictions, and we're going to start off with Corey on this one as Corey has his whole team set up, and uh, I guess let's start off with the American League. Who well, do you think is going to make I, it? It's not even my predictions. What I wanted to do with you guys is I have the ballot open here. We are a month away from um, from the All-Star game. Uh, uh, voting is, is heavily underway for the MLB All-Star game. So, guys, I wanted to do this together. Let's fill out a ballot. I can fill this ballot out third one time with the two of you guys <laughs> is fine. Um, and so I figured we could do it. So I'll go AL, NL, NL, AL. We'll do first base through the whole thing. I'll give you guys a couple names, big stats. If you want to write someone in, that's cool. Let me know. But let's just kind of try and go through this and, and fill this out together. So uh, let's start with the AL. There's a couple guys who you 
could put in on first base. Uh, Miguel Cabrera back to his old tricks, batting 304, 12 home runs, 36 RBIs. Currently, the leader in vote getting is Eric Hosmer, batting 321, 10 home runs, 35 RBIs. Uh, a couple other guys are on the list, but I think it's between Cabrera and Hosmer. I'm leaning towards Hosmer. Chris Davis has 13 home runs, but he's hitting 220. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> Um, Hosmer? Hosmer's the pick, right? I, I think that in the AL uh, for first base, I'm honestly going to give it to Eric Hosmer. He's hitting 321, 10 home runs, 35 RBIs. That's okay. probably the biggest pick. So as, as Miguel we, Cabrera will get in, though. As, as we say these, as we say these, I'm just going to – I'll make the pick on the on the thing. So that pick is locked in. Eric Hosmer locked in. Do you agree with that? Eric Hosmer's okay with you, Mike? I mean, I hate I hate Kansas City, but you know what? you got to go with him. And uh, – I, I think as an unbiased baseball fan, when you're watching baseball, you watch the Kansas City Royals, you you can't you can't help but love the way that they play the game and the way that uh, that Eric Hosmer um, plays. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think he's the first baseman here. Um, now, on the AL side, first base is a little more interesting. A couple guys, Brandon Belt's hitting 298. Uh, Chris Carter has 16 home runs. Paul Goldschmidt, 11 home runs, 37 RBIs. But the guys who are leading the list right now, Anthony Rizzo, only hitting 259, but 13 uh, home runs, 43 RBIs, which leads the group on the best team in baseball. Another interesting one, Will Myers, finally maybe living I, I up to Will Myers. He's living up maybe to his uh, his. His very early expectations, batting 294, 12 home runs, 33 RBIs, seven steals as well. I I, I, I kind of like Will Myers. I'm going to have to go with uh, Anthony Rizzo, and the reason is uh, Corey is uh-huh. be, is because the just what the Chicago Cubs have done this season. He'll yeah. get the votes. He'll now, get the votes. That's what I was going to and, and like the I said, he does have mess. the votes. He has the votes, but this is our ballot, Dante. Don't let other people affect you. This is our ballot. Anthony Rizzo <laughs> leads the voting, but uh, what, what would you say, Mike? Between Anthony Rizzo and Will Myers, what do you say? Uh, I'm actually going to go off the board and pick Paul Goldschmidt okay. uh, with the, from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's got 37 RBIs this year. He's hitting 270. He's starting to pick up the slack on a team that, let's face it, has kind of lowered expectations uh, since the start of the year. We talked about Rizzo. Uh, you know, in his 43 RBIs, yeah, he leads the group, but he's also got a lot of guys on base when he steps up to the plate. So I think that's the main reason why he's kind of inflated uh, in the RBI department. He's only hitting 259. Um, if I had to pick between those two, I'd pick Myers. But my pick for first base in the NL is Paul Goldschmidt. Because you're, I, I do like the Paul Goldschmidt pick. I find it interesting that they both have the same amount of steals, um, Goldschmidt and Myers. Uh, but let's go, let's go, Will Myers. Sorry, Mike, you'll you'll get the trump card next time. I'll go, I'll go, Will Myers for this. Okay, so first base is locked in. Second base, pretty easy on the AL side. The leader is Jose Altuve, three thirty-seven, ten home runs, thirty-seven RBIs, eighteen steals. No, easy. There's yeah, no question. I, I, I don't even think that one's that one's an argument. On the NL side, there's a few guys it could be. Ben's. I really like Daniel Murphy. Uh, 374, 11 home runs, 39 RBIs. Ben Zobrist leads That's the it. voting right now. Mm-hmm. 325, 8 and 36. But uh, I, I, to me, it's it's um, uh, it's it's Murphy. Do you agree, Dante? Uh, you know what? This Ben Zobrist is going to make the team in general. As the starter, I do think it's going to be Daniel Murphy just from what he's done with Washington. And Ben Zobris has had an amazing team around him, so I'm going to have to go with uh, Murphy on this one. Uh, th- that's the case. I, I don't think uh, Zobrist is is, uh, Zobrist is is good. He's very good, don't get me wrong. But with the Cubs and the things that they have done, I think Murphy's season is more impressive, so he should get the start. 
I, I like Josh Harrison as well for Pittsburgh, but um, we, we've said that twice now with Chicago Cubs guys, though. Eventually, we're going to have to put a few of these guys on the team. We can't keep saying, hey, the rest of the team's good. This guy doesn't deserve to be an all-star. So we, we, we might have to give up a bit of ground somewhere. But okay, I'm going to go with Daniel Murphy. Um, moving on quickly now, we go to third base. Let's stay with NL third baseman. This one's kind of interesting. Um, you have a, a bunch of guys playing, uh, or excuse me, this is, uh, this is shortstop. I apologize. And I'll shortstop Addison Russell is leading the uh, the voting right now. But guys, the guy I like here, Corey Seager I like from the too. LA Dodgers, two eighty three. 14 home runs, 35 RBIs. There's also Trevor Story, 16 home runs, uh, 42 RBIs. So he leads Corey Seager in both those categories. But Corey Seager is a really good defender. Um, uh, what do you guys think about shortstop? Well, you know what? I'm going to have to go with my Dominican boy here and pick uh, Jonathan VR from the Milwaukee Brewers. He leads the league in stolen bases. He's hitting 300 this season. He's been an excellent player on the base paths uh, in the Milwaukee clubhouse. He was on MLB Network the other day on Intentional Talk and seemed just like a, an outright character, so I have a soft spot for him at least. I'm going to go with uh, the biggest story of the year No, in Trevor's story uh, at shortstop for the NL. And you know what? Because I said you'd have the trump card, Mike, I'm going to go with Trevor Story as well. Leads with 16 home runs. I like VR as a pick. Like you said, 22 steals. But there are a lot of good shortstops. Like I said, uh, Seager, Addison Russell leads the voting. And I think he's probably the fourth best guy of these guys. So we'll go with Trevor Story for our team. Uh, we're going to be able to hit a lot of home runs. Looking at the AL shortstops. Uh, a, a couple good guys here. Bogart's hitting 340. Yeah. I really like Francisco Lindor. 302, 10 steals, 29 RBIs, and he's probably a better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogarts. Uh, Mike, anything from you? What do you think? It, it, it is a tough pick between Bogarts uh, and Lindor. I think with the, uh, the you know, you take the MVP category. Who is the uh, more um, who is more essential to their team right now? And I think Bogarts is really leading that Red Sox offense. So I'm going to go with Sander Bogarts uh, in this category. And and to see a shortstop as well that's hit six home runs already this year, it's pretty impressive. Totally. And and I um I mean. Just getting that kind of power from from the middle infielder is is pretty amazing. Uh, third base in the NL, really two guys who you're looking at here. There's there's Chris Bryant and Arenado, uh, 285, 284, 14 home runs, 43 RBIs. Nolan Arenado, 296, 18 home runs, 51 RBIs. Chris Bryant leads the vote getting, but I have to say we've skipped on a couple Chicago Cubs here. And I don't know, you mentioned MVP of their team, and, and to me, the guy who always gets the Cubs going is Chris Bryant. I realize Arenado's numbers are better, but I feel like we do need to reward a Cub at some point here. And, uh, you know, I think you're right about that. Arenado should get it. I mean, he has 18 home runs. You can say whatever you want. He plays in Coors Field, but to be honest... I think it's going to be Arenado. If you're looking at third basements right now, it's it's Donaldson and Arenado in both leads. To be honest, uh, Donaldson's going to get it. I I disagree with you in Donaldson in the AL. I think there are some guys who have put up some better numbers, Dante. Uh, Castellanos has definitely put up better numbers, but I honestly do think that Donaldson will get will get in. Nineteen home runs for for Todd Frazier. Three Manny Machado's batting a lot better. More home runs. I, to me, it's it's Manny Machado. It might be Manny Machado, but you know what? I don't think he's considered a third baseman. I don't know if you're going to say something about. I, I'm going to break the tie here and go with Manny Machado. I think. He, but he plays shortstop. And well, he's been in third base for parts of the past couple of years. And we don't get to vote for him at shortstop. 
<laughs> exactly. Ah. And uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, Arenado at at, at, uh, at pardon me at third base uh, in the uh, in the American or the National League. Because we skipped on the Cubs, I'm putting Chris Bryant. I, I apologize, guys. <laughs> I know that's a controversial decision, but I'm putting Chris Bryant. Okay, we move to the catcher position now, and AL catcher uh, Salvador Perez leads the vote getting. To me, he's maybe the best option besides maybe Steven Vogt. Uh, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of guys on the AL side for the catcher position. So would you guys be okay with Sal Perez? Yes. Uh, I, I do agree. Salvador yeah. Perez is just one of those guys that's just a, a battering. And on the other side, Jonathan Lucroy. I think on the NL side, batting 304, nine home runs, 28 RBIs. Really, I, I think he has the best numbers of anyone there. Yadier Molina leads the NL vote getting right now, and he only has one home run on the year. Yeah, I I, I think that Lucroy's been been good. I think the other option and and always there Posey. is Buster Posey, and uh, you know just just because of his pedigree, I I'm tempted to say uh, that Buster Posey would be there. Ramos in Washington is another one who has been stellar this year for the Nationals. So it's it's a competition. Okay, you heard it, Dante. Break the tie. Who's the catcher in the NL side? I, I Posey. To be honest, he's yeah. just uh, an athletic guy. But you know what? He is playing a little first base. But of course. Like you said, we don't get to vote for him at first base, and uh, uh, he's the catcher. But, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say this right now, Corey, going into DH, there's no question. There's no, We don't it, even have to have this it's conversation. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Look at his numbers. He's in 340 this year. He's a, a an, an AL MVP candidate, mm-hmm. so without any vote or doubt, he's, he's the... DH, but now I guess Corey, take us through the outfield. Now the outfielder, the outfield is a little tougher. So I'm just gonna let's say we all get to pick one guy. Um, we all get to pick one guy, and I know there are a lot of other picks on the AL board, but I, I want to discuss with you guys who I'm gonna pick. There's Mookie Betts and there's Jackie Bradley. I think one of these Red Sox guy deserves to be on the team. Jackie Bradley, three fifteen, nine and thirty eight. But look at Mookie Betts as a leadoff hitter, batting 291 with 14 home runs, 45 RBIs, and 11 steals. And he's one of the best fielders in the uh, in the entire AL. Uh, um, so if you guys were to pick between two of those Red Sox guys, who would it be? Uh, it's a tough one. You know what? I'm going to take Jackie Bradley Jr. Just because, oh, you know what? It's a, it's a really tough because Mookie Betts had the hitty streak as well. So, you know what? I just like Jackie Bradley Jr. because of his defense as a whole, and I think he gets the start, uh, although Betts has played. But if you look at my board right here, I do have Bradley and Betts making it. Both of them? Yeah, I do. I uh, I also have both. Funnily enough, Dante, uh, the the way that the uh, the way that it's looked so far this year uh, in the outfield, the Red Sox have just been so impressive, and it's hard to 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 leave either of these players out. You mentioned it yourself. You know, you pick one of these two guys, and and, and but but for me, Bradley has been insane, and I I, I just I, I have. Issues leaving Jackie Bradley Jr. off of it because of what he's done, and Mookie Betts as well. Uh, I just can't find a way to uh, move them out of that hole. And then, uh, you know, the in 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 terms of um, the third guy for me, I would probably either go with Lorenzo Kane in Kansas City, or maybe even and call me crazy, but maybe even Michael Saunders in Toronto with the start that wow. he's had. Wow, that's off an off-the-board pick. I like it. There's also Mike Trout having a, a fantastic season once again I'm in his own right. Guy. And 
And another guy yeah. who's been unbelievable is Ian Desmond, batting 305, eight home runs, 38 RBIs, and 12 steals. He would be a fun guy to I see s- on there. You I know think. what? I saw him throw a run. He's a former shortstop. I, he was playing center field the other night, and he gunned a guy out at home. I couldn't believe it. Uh, but since we're running on uh, a tight There's time, also Mark Trumbo, 20 home runs. <laughs> 20 home, Mark Trumbo leads the league in home runs. He'll get in. I don't think he's a starter. Uh, but now I'm just going to give you my three outfielders for the American League. Bradley, Lorenzo Cain, and Mookie Betts are my guys. Since we're short on time, Corey, uh, uh, let's go to the NL. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm filling out the thing here. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts as my second guy. And you both brought up Lorenzo Cain. I think Mike Trout's been better. I'm going Mike Trout. So we'll go Mookie Betts and Mike Trout as our AL guys. Now let's look at the NL. I, I don't think it's as much of a race in the NL. I think uh, Cespedes is going to be one of them. Cespedes, Osuna. Because- uh, Marcelo Osuna, I agree with you 100%. But uh, who is the third guy? I have Adam Duvall making it. 18 home runs on the year for Cincinnati. The guy's just been a, the only bright spot for that team so far. Uh, batting 268, I, I like Duvall. Um, we we have the one Chicago Cub. I really like Dexter Fowler a lot. Oh, Dexter Dexter's Fowler gets on base like it's nothing. He plays tremendous defense in center field. He hits well for power. Um, uh, so I think Dexter Fowler we should talk about as well. What do you think, Mike? It's a tough decision, and especially in the in the NL, which is just, it, it seems like it's a bit of a wild card. Um, I, I do like the Dexter Fowler pick, though. I think I'm going to side with you on that one, Corey, because of the lack of Cubs that we have. Um, I think it's it's worth mentioning Bryce Harper, uh, you know, as always, because Bryce Harper is, right. yeah, Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. Um, but uh, I, I do like uh, Fowler and the way that he's played this year. Kemp as well. Uh, in uh, in San Diego has had a really good year productively uh, with 42 RBIs thus far. Uh, but yeah, like like you mentioned, I think Fowler is uh, is is the right pick for a third guy here. So Fowler, Asuna, and who was the other guy we decided on? Sorry, Cespedes. Okay, so that's our team, gentlemen. Uh, um, the uh, I think pretty good teams on both sides. First base, Hosmer and Myers. Second base, Altuve and Murphy. Shortstop, Bogarts and Story. Third base, Machado and Bryant. Catcher, Sal Perez, Buster Posey. We have David Ortiz as our DH. And our outfields, Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. Dexter Fowler, Marcelo Suna, Jonas Cespedes. Thanks for helping me fill out my all-star ballot, guys. Well, you know what? It was a real pleasure, Corey. And uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up uh, the June 11th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107. It is a real pleasure having you guys on uh, once again. And, of course, next week we have a jam-packed show. We're going to talk MLB draft as that has just passed, but we're going to let that settle down for a bit. Then we're going to talk about that. Uh, Jimmy Van Ostridge is going to come on, former uh Baseball Canada alumni. He played in the WBC for Team Canada and was the catcher there. Actually played with Sebastian Boucher, which should be a nice topic to talk to him about that. Then we're also going to talk with uh, TJ Zoik, first-round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays next week. And then Sportsnet's uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith will come on to talk about the Blue Jays draftees and, uh, I guess, the Blue Jays' problems. And uh, with that being said, I guess we're going to wrap things up here once again. You can follow myself on Twitter at diamond underscore Don. So you can follow uh, Mike Nellis at 96 Nellis. Got that right. And Corey Mess at under uh, former uh, inside man. Is that nailed correct? it? Nailed it again. And uh, you can check out all of our episodes at my SoundCloud diamond underscore uh, Dante audio. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. We'll have a jam packed show for you. You're listening to around the diamond on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. <laughs>